This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and, if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, this sunny weather doesn't just suit us humans, it's loved by those iconic insects as well, butterflies. And if you take a stroll up at Hartwood, you can enjoy the butterflies that are making the most of the flowery meadows there. Now, Butterfly 2.0 emailed Amanda at RadioVerulam.com to ask if they could come along and talk about what they are now doing to help butterflies. The charity Butterfly World 2.0 was set up to try and save the former Butterfly World site and retain it for the benefit of butterflies. However, after nearly two years of fruitless campaigning and negotiation, it became clear that this wouldn't be possible. So they've taken flight in a different direction, working with landowners to create long-term habitats suitable for butterflies. I spoke to Lindsay McRae of Butterfly World 2.0 and I started by asking him why he thought that butterflies had declined so much in recent years. I think the biggest thing has been uh, changes in the way farmers you know, farm their land. Uh, agriculture has changed massively uh, since pretty much the end of World War II. You know, uh, there's a lot of chemicals being sprayed around um, and that has been one of the biggest changes and not leaving untidy bits around anymore. You know, if you think back to the hedgerows being ripped out, that was official policy from uh, the EC. Um, you know, governments are all part of it and um, it didn't help. You know, uh, there was almost nowhere for nature to go. Yeah. So we we tend to think about about flowers as being what butterflies need. Are, are the needs of caterpillars not being met? You, you you talked about hedges there. Yeah, I think it's yeah the but you know the butterflies and moths they need flowers. The actual caterpillars, you know, they have slightly different needs sometimes. You know, they need different food plants. Some of them eat grasses only. People don't particularly look at grasses and think, oh, they're beautiful. They'll think flowers are nice. You know, let's have more flowers, but great, you know, the marbled whites, large skippers, small skippers, uh, meadow browns, there's a clue in the name there. They're, the caterpillars actually feed on grasses, you know. So, yeah, the butterflies definitely need to have that hit of, you know, somewhere to go and like a filling station to go and visit a flower, but you've got to look after the the young. And someone else has said that uh, with the way farmers now deal with hedgerows, you know, some species, they go and hide amongst the edges of the leaves on the hedgerow. So if you go and flail the hedgerow, you kill the next year's butterflies, you know, potentially. So it's a whole, yeah, sadly, mismanagement, really. You know, yeah, you need food for the caterpillars, food for the adults, and they they hide in different places. So Butterfly World 2.0, you're doing what you can do to try and improve um, facilities for butterflies in some areas. What is it that you're doing? I think we're part of a rewilding movement, you know. It's a bigger issue trying to do with farming, so we're not necessarily part of that. But within a city or town or village, you know, it's trying to get people to say, hang on, how have we got to this point where we're treating roadside verges our parks like a lawn you know they're not meant to be lawns you know this is a very recent thing and I think it's trying to stop councils county councils local parish councils to look at them again and say hang on 
you know, what can we do that will make a difference? Giving nature a chance, you know, if you keep mowing stuff, you're left with pretty much daisies and dandelions and not a lot else. So, you know, things like orchids don't appreciate having their heads chopped off on a regular basis. So, yeah, just by not mowing, basically going back to the old cycle, which is what they call a meadow mowing regime. So you mow March, that's the last time you mow, and then you mow again in probably September time. You know, and that allows the flowers to flower, you know, the grasses to grow, and they don't all pop up at once. You know, they have a cycle where they all come out and do their thing, you know, because the butterflies have different periods of the year when they come out. And, you know, so it's all very important that, you know, the meadows um, are allowed to uh, to flower as naturally as they can. It's as close as you get to sort of nature and man working together. Yeah. Um, so so you're trying to put political pressure on councils to change what they do to to open spaces. Um, and you're also working specifically on a, on a few sites. Where are the sites that you are um, working specifically to create habitats suitable for more butterflies? We're working with St Albans Cathedral, Sarah and her lovely team there. Been going on for, I think it's our third year now. We had a bit of a slow start, but we have been seeding about three times now. And you can actually start to see there's some really nice plants coming through. Where is it that we can see that at the cathedral? If you're walking down from the cathedral down the hill towards the Fighting Cocks pub, it's on the right-hand side. There's like a long triangular strip. Yeah, the left-hand side, they're still mowing. But on the right-hand side, you'll see it suddenly becomes a bit untidy looking. But that's the meadow. Okay, uh, well, so, we can look yeah. out for that. Um, and you're doing something at St. Michael's Manor as well. Yeah, um, we started that before the COVID. And unfortunately, due to the circumstances of COVID, we've not managed to go back. We're hoping that we'll be able to do something after September, which is when we normally start doing our... Uh, meadow we, we pick seeds and then we start sowing more seeds for the new year yeah we hopefully be going back there to to help them with their meadow there but uh as i say we have had some real successes in uh hemel hempstead you know part of the decorumbua council area it's spread from one meadow to a romping away doing green corridors now the, the trial worked very well first six months it was incredible how many butterflies appeared and bees you know it's not just butterflies it's bees beetles the, the range of pollinators is quite incredible what were these areas before you um, improved them for butterflies? They basically just looked like, you know, being mown on a very regular basis. There wasn't a lot there. It looked like this was green... part of an open space, wasn't it? Part of an open park, yeah. So it's, yeah, there was a few dandelions, some daisies, buttercups. That's as far as it ever got. So when you see it now, you know, it's the grasses are all at different levels. You know, when it's a windy day, you can see it. it's incredible, really. You know, it's like a mini rainforest all the different levels wow. and heights of the plants. Um, and, 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 and is it just the management m- regime that has changed here or have you planted anything in these areas? Oh, yeah, initially we take a view, let's see what comes up naturally. And there's some places where you don't need to do a lot. There's some quite an incredible range of plants life there waiting to come up. Orchids, we've got one meadow which we started last year and straight away we had pyramidal orchids popping up. We had one solitary bee orchid. Uh, wild garlic is a real amazing range of stuff which is waiting there to, for someone to give it a chance really uh, there are other places though where you go and investigate and when you stop mowing there's not as much left then yeah if there's not a lot there we might do uh, seed sowing plant plugs that's something we started doing as well so it gives the uh, seeds are a bit hit and miss if you have a really awful spring like we had last year quite apart from covid it was terribly dry not a lot came through but plant plugs are great the plant's already a plant it started off it's got a good start in life so yeah we 
it's a site by site, meadow by meadow kind of approach. Yeah. The work that's done, is it done by volunteers or do you have contractors to do this? No, no. I mean, working with Ducombeau Council, they have their own team who will mow it. So we don't get involved in that, but we look at likely places that we can use for a meadow. You know, we assess best places sometimes to put one in. Uh, and then we are the ones who look at what kind of bug life there is. Have you got any nationally scarce species maybe? And then see the changes. So I'm pleased to say, yeah, some of them, it's been great, you know, watching all the different plants. And it's like, wow, you think year two is even better than year one. So it seems like there is under the soil somewhere, there is this bank of seeds, which are just waiting to come through. So, yeah, well, it's it's good to know that that bank of seeds is still there, isn't it? Um, so tell us about these green corridors that um, you've been able to create with the help of Decorum Council. I mean, they're, a bit, they're quite lucky because it's a new town and there is a an embarrassment of sort of parks there. But basically to help bees and butterflies can to a certain extent get around, but a lot of the other stuff needs to have a direct link to be able to walk from one corridor or hop to the next corridor so yeah basically it's like a long continuous green strip that goes across one part of the town um you know okay there's the odd road in the way but basically they can go from one side of the town to the other you know so this is a recommendation as well for some of the big schemes in africa you can moving elephants around a bit bigger than what we're dealing with or if it's central america they try to do things for uh, jaguars there but you know we're working on a small scale but nonetheless it benefits biodiversity as well you know yeah so 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 something else you've been doing is is bio blitzers can you tell us why you're doing those and what they involve yeah um you you know you get an entomologist along uh, who knows what they're doing you know a couple of us are quite good now but uh, they basically lead uh, a day's kind of work on a meadow and just identifying what you can see uh within a day and it gives you a snapshot of uh, how many bugs, what type of bugs there are. Um, and it's good fun. You can involve the public as well. Done a couple of them before COVID anyway. Um, so you can get kids involved, mum, dads, grandma, granny, all age groups, you know, um, and it's a bit of fun, you know. Um, we've got another version of that as well where we use meter squares. Um, we did one this year, uh, St. Albans Cathedral, which was really lovely. And you just count for 15 minutes and see what flies into the square and, and does it does it um, provide important data for you yeah it it does show you so, i mean we've only just started doing it but uh, so with the cathedral group you know we will now do that every year and we'll hopefully see that there's an increase in the number of species and in the numbers of you know beetles and bees so it's not just a case of have we seen 29 types of bee you know are we, are we seeing more and more of them hopefully you know, so you want to see more species and indeed just more bees generally or more butterflies, you know. So. Yeah, yes, yes, indeed. Um, and, and I believe that you're working with Wilder St Albans to coordinate what they're hoping to do with open spaces as well. Yeah, we've just started, I think, working with uh, Heidi's the uh, connection there, Heidi Carruas. So, yeah, she's lovely. And uh, it's what we were lacking, I think, a few years ago. You know, no one was really driving things. So it's great to have that, you know, as a focus now. And uh, we're one of, I think, several groups who are you know, coming up with ideas. We're waiting to see, actually, what our, sort of, I don't know, allocation will be at the moment. But uh, it's good to have her there because she's very proactive, you know, definitely got the bit between her teeth and wants to make a difference. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Sort of person indeed. we can work with. <laughs> 
Brilliant. So talking about citizen science, um, it's the big butterfly count. It's, it's back again. Um, why is it so important? What, why is measuring butterflies important to give us a feel for what else is going on in nature? I think people said that butterflies and moths are some of the more delicate species. It's not strictly speaking true, but they are yeah, like the canary in the cage, you know, they give you, they're easy to spot as well. You know, when you're scrabbling around in hands and knees for a tiny little beetle or something, they're not easy to spot. Butterflies are great because they're quite large normally, colourful, everyone can get involved. But yeah, you know, they are, they do react quite quickly to a potential problem in the environment. The charity Butterfly Conservation have been doing this since I think 2010 now. And I think they've had the longest ongoing insect recording scheme of any country in, uh, I think, uh, Europe. So uh, Yeah, yeah, I, I believe that it is. So basically, we have to choose a spot and look for butterflies and moths for, for 15 minutes. Uh, it, it sounds quite easy. Any advice on picking our spot for, for looking for butterflies and moths? You'll see more in a sunny spot. So if you find one a shady spot by the trees, that's probably not going to bring you much so yeah somewhere sunny and it doesn't matter actually if you've got nettles there you can see you know a lot of butterflies like nettles i know we don't like them normally because they're quite prickly and you know they're not not much fun but uh butterflies love them particularly uh, peacock ones they like to lay their eggs on them small tortoise shells but equally it could be the middle of a meadow it doesn't have to be you know native species of plants in a meadow you could do it in your own garden so you could just be sat next to uh some lavender or something Okay. Um, And if we do pick our spot, but we're disappointed, is that still important if we don't actually spot anything? I think they say it's a true reflection. You know, if, you know, you might think to yourself, oh, well, I'll do it again. I think actually they don't mind if you want to do several different locations. Um, But I think with butterfly conservation, you could do one every day. Potentially you could do. And what what nicer thing could there be than spending 15 minutes a day spotting butterflies? Um, Lindsay, thank you so much for telling us about that. And we look forward to hearing about more of the projects that Butterfly Word 2.0 is involved in and how we can become involved. So thank you very much indeed. Yeah, thank you. It's lovely to talking to you. I was talking there to Lindsay McRae of Butterfly World 2.0. Now the big butterfly count is now on and continues until Sunday the 8th of August. As Lindsay says this is the world's biggest survey of butterflies and last year 111,500 citizen scientists for which read people like us helped create this crucial data bank. Now it only takes 15 minutes If your butterfly knowledge is as dodgy as mine is, there's a guide so that you'll know what you're spotting and you'll find everything you need on the Big Butterfly Can website, for which I'll put a link in the notes that accompany the podcast of this show, along with all the other links as well. Whether you're joining the Big Butterfly Count or not, do keep an eye out for the spectacular elephant hawk moth. Last week, one was found in St. Albans. Now, it looks nothing like an elephant, but is a huge, showy, pink and green moth that likes to feed on honeysuckles at dusk. So do take a look out for that. And if you'd like to do more for butterflies, then Lindsay says that Butterfly World 2.0 welcome new volunteers. You can get in touch via their Facebook page or drop them an email at butterflyworld2.0 at yahoo.com. And do take a look at the Butterfly World 2.0 Facebook page where they share details of some of the beautiful and more unusual butterflies, bugs and flowers that they're finding locally. Not only are the Butterfly World 2.0 working groups lots of fun with the opportunity to learn more about plants and insects, but they're also rewarded with coffee and biscuits to keep you going.
Now, you heard Lindsay mention Heidi Carruthers from Wilder St Albans, and next week we'll be hearing how she's trying to help wildlife in the green spaces around St Albans and why she needs our help to do so. In the meantime, you might like to have your say on how some of the bigger green spaces around here are managed. There are currently open consultations with respect to the management of Cunningham Hill Open Space, Clarence Park and the Nicky Line. And you can view the draft plans and have your say on the consultations page of the St Albans District Council's website. Uh, I just took a look at the document actually for Clarence Park and it's not actually that long and it gives some intriguing detail on the history of the park. I mean, did you know that when the park was first laid out, there was not just a running track, but also a cycling track around the cricket pitch? I didn't know either. Um, Lindsay has also pointed out that the Nicky line is a particularly important feature as it's one of those green corridors that he was talking about. So the management of that green space is really quite crucial for wildlife. Now, you can get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore environment or via the Environment Matters Facebook page or drop me a line like Lindsay did at amanda at radioverulam.com. As I said, next week we'll be hearing from Heidi Carruthers of Wilder St Albans. Until then, thank you for listening.